You would think that would be something easily outsourced. But they haven't done that. They don't want to do that because they know if they ever were to do that, they would lose the knowledge they have on how to build seats, right? So they decided that competency is one that they want to have, they want to keep, and they still do that. So I thought that was in a very interesting because, you know, a lot of innovation going on in seats. There's heated seats, there's cooled seats, there's different materials, there's comfort. Uh, there's just so much innovation just going on in a, in a seat. Welcome to Innovation Talks. Join us weekly as we discuss with distinguished industry guests how to refine and improve corporate innovation and new product development. Hosted by Paul Heller, Sophion Chief Evangelist. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Hope you're doing well. Not too long ago, I was a member of a trade mission delegation to Munich, Germany. It was a fascinating experience, and I thought I'd share with you some of what I learned during that discovery. The delegation was sponsored by United Airlines, and they did a wonderful job. They were celebrating in partial uh, the new direct nonstop route that they put in place from Denver to Munich. But it was clear that uh, United wanted to be connecting businesses together and, and looking for opportunities uh, for people to work together. And in fact, even since then, I've seen United Airlines continue the, the work of that mission in bringing businesses together to look for opportunities to, to work together. So they're clearly uh, uh, trying to develop business uh, interrelationships. Now, Munich was fascinating. You know, Munich is positioning itself as a knowledge and innovation hub. They have 22 universities, 134,000 students, and these universities are running startups and incubators. In fact, Munich, they told us they are number two in Germany. Actually, Berlin is number one. But I was there visiting Munich, so I can talk about what I saw and observed. And on our podcast, we've had several people talk about the important role of universities with startups and helping startups get going and that early seed that has to happen and connecting existing businesses to startups. We had a discussion early on in the podcast with uh, Kataki Desai talking about the, the Ontario Center for Innovation. And very recently, Mark, Mark Atkins, when he talked about his company, uh, Lean Med and how they were very involved with the universities and the collaborative environment in the Pittsburgh area. But clearly, uh, this is what Munich is going after, and they're doing a, doing a great job. We visited BMW, and if you ever get the chance, I believe you can tour the BMW manufacturing plant. I, I'm not sure how you do that, but I think you can make you can reserve to get in. I don't think if you just decide to make a vacation in Munich and last minute try to get in, you're not going to get in because it's booked out into the future. But I believe there are ways if you plan ahead to be able to do a tour. And I'd highly recommend it. Uh, we had a uh, more than just a tour with, with BMW. We had a chance to talk to the people and, and hear some presentations. But there were so many, so much innovation going on in BMW. It's amazing. So First of all, their manufacturing line is each car is different from the next. It's not like they're going to batch build so many of a certain type of car and go on to the next one. So if your BMW is ordered and it's in the queue, it's going to go through that line. And you might, the one car might be an electric 
vehicle and the next one behind it be, let's say, diesel or gasoline. One might have a carbon fiber top, the next one not. Different model, different body styles, different interiors. Doesn't matter to them. They just have one line and it's this one, then the next one, then the next one. Very impressive. And there was one spot in that building. So, so they are landlocked inside the city of Munich. Right? They, they have taken as much space as they can. BMW has been there a long time. And so while the outside of the building might look old, the inside is anything but old. So because they're landlocked, they have to be very efficient at the way they use that space. There was one spot where I saw robots creating subcomponents from raw materials. And one robot would do some operations and then it would actually hand that part to the next robot, which would do some operations and hand it to the next robot. And eventually that part got to the line, to the assembly line. Now, what was fascinating, if you've ever seen robots in this working this way, they are big and they are moving very quickly and they have arm, a big arm that will swing out as it picks up let's say a piece of metal from a from one spot and then moves it to a different place and and this arm is moving around in three dimensions and next to it is another robot doing the same thing and they have optimized the way these robots work together so if one robot is armed in such a position at that moment when it's doing an operation that the next robot could swing its arm past the space from the first robot before the first robot moved its arm back they would do that and they would do these. It looks like this huge ballet of these robots all moving, actually moving independently. Ballet tends to be have more consistency, but it was like it was incredible. And there's no way you could design that physically. They designed that digitally, virtually, that entire operation made sure that it would work before they started to even test it with physical robots. And then I don't know, they didn't describe what they had to do to get certification of safety, but clearly they've done it and it's very impressive. BMW is very active in sustainability. They actually own mines for lithium and cobalt in Morocco and Australia. And the reason they want to own those mines is because then they can guarantee that the mines are environmentally and socially friendly. And, you know, we've all heard the stories of whether it be mines or whether it be manufacturing facilities or what that are making parts that have really bad labor practices. And BMW just, their solution to that is we're not going to let it happen because we're going to own those mines in this case. And, and they tell their suppliers that they need to use materials from these mines. So a supplier to BMW that, that may be doing something with lithium or cobalt has to use, has to source their raw material from the BMW mines. So again, it's how they can guarantee higher levels of sustainability and social responsibility. Very impressive. Uh, my, I think one of my neatest spots in, in, in the whole tour was uh, the seats are coming in to go into the cars. And the person giving the tour was telling us how BMW still makes their own seats. You would think that would be something easily outsourced. But they haven't done that. And they don't want to do that because they know if they ever were to do that, they would lose the knowledge they have on how to build seats. Right? So they decided that competency is one that they want to have, they want to keep. 
and they still do that. So I thought that was in a very interesting because, you know, a lot of innovation going on in seats. There's heated seats, there's cooled seats, there's different materials, there's comfort. Uh, there's just so much innovation just going on in, a, in an automobile seat. Another company we visited or institute we visited is the Fraunhofer Institute. And I've had a guest, Sven Schimpf, in the past from Fraunhofer Institute talk on our podcast. But... Um, they're not well known outside of Germany, but what they do is they provide applied research between the university and industry. So, you know, they're, they've got multiple research institutes. In fact, they call them research institutes. Now, I wrote down that they have 76. I'm sure I wrote that correctly, but I... That that's I'm not totally sure. That seems like a big number, but but uh, very impressive uh, what they're doing. They have seven main research fields of, of bioeconomy, digital healthcare, AI, next gen computing, hydrogen technology, and quantum technology. Uh, so obviously very high tech, and you can imagine the gap between university and industry across those fields that they're that they're fulfilling. They're trying to expand into the U.S. It's something certainly that they want to do and intend to do. We visited the uh, IHK, is the abbreviation Academy, which is really the future of talent was what they're, they're focusing on. And they're, they're really focusing on the apprenticeship program. How do people get, especially if you're talking about a manufacturing company, how do you get skilled labor, skilled resources in? What's that bridge that's needed between, let's say, high school and eventual employment in some more advanced field? So so they're bridging that gap. That gap is exposed for people who aren't going to go through the university route. And, you know, we see in many areas that there are other opportunities to do innovation with other types of skilled workers that's outside of those who came through maybe the, the technical university fields. And, and they really have a program in place that's going very well that's uh, uh, providing that. So very impressive. And in fact, some of the delegates that were with me are already bringing that concept back to Denver, where they were from, and promoting a very similar capability and I've already been I can see it starting to build as a concept here in in the United States as well. Another really interesting one we visited that that maybe I'll I'll describe for a few minutes here is something they call the Urban Colab. Colab is a co-located laboratory where you have a lot of small individual startups that are are each doing uh, interesting type of innovation, and they're sharing uh, a big space, a big building. It's it's partly funded by the city of Munich, so the city has invested in it, and uh, very impressive. You just walk in, there's a buzz. There are all sorts of afternoon sessions. One of the ones that caught my eye was something focused around women in innovation. It was just a session that was going to be held uh, the next Thursday evening. So they have a lot of, of those things that they put on to bring these businesses together, to promote the, the type of innovation and people working together and, and cultural things that, uh, that are important in a highly innovative city. And, you know, they, they've got, I don't know, they've got 
more businesses in that would want to get in there that they could put in. So they're already full. And I reminded my, it reminded me of a podcast I did once where I was talking about Bell Labs back in the 70s and 80s and how the whole operation of that, in fact, the whole building where Bell Labs was, was structured to encourage and promote innovation. So I had a podcast about that, but now it's like, this is the next generation of that. This is companies who are innovating and they might find opportunities to work together. They might not, but knowing that as you, you walk down the hall and you see this other company and you want to see, well, what are you doing? And you might find out that there's a tremendous opportunity to, to work together or to make something new. If you work together, that could be promoted easily by one of these collab centers. So I, I know a lot of cities are trying to do this, but I got to see the one in, in Munich. And it was very impressive. So uh, we did other things as well in, in, in the, the delegate tour. We visited some other companies. We visited MTU Aero Engines. Very different than, than BMW, where BMW is this tremendous robotic, automated, high-speed assembly line. MTU Aero Engines, obviously for the type of product they're making, is is much more complex and, and has uh, much more need for QA, rigorous QA testing at different parts in the manufacturing cycle that they do. But again, a lot of innovation in, in aerospace engines for sure. So that was another really fun one to see. So So a lot of great things happening. And I thought I'd just share with you some of my experiences uh, so you have a feel of what's going on in that part of the world. Not all of us get to have exposure to these kind of things. So I was remiss not to mention two organizations who organize and help pull all that off. One is the World Trade Center of Denver, and the second one is the German-American Chamber of Commerce, also in Colorado. So thank you to both of those organizations as well. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that and got something out of it. Certainly feel free to reach out to me if you, you have more questions about that or want some more details. And until next time, I wish you a great week and hope everybody joins me next time. Take care, everybody. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us this week for Innovation Talks with Paul Heller. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For additional information on today's topic, check out sophion.com, S-O-P-H-E-O-N.com, where you will find plenty of innovation-centric content and corporate best practices. If you'd like to discuss anything with Paul or would like to get in touch with the show, email us at talks at sophion.com.